Hey everyone, welcome to Reformed Podmatics, hosted by the pastors of Almond Valley Christian Reformed Church in Ripon, California. It's Pastor Mark Van Dyke and Pastor Zach Dewey, and this podcast exists to promote the vibrant, biblical, and historically informed face of Reformed theology, both in our context and beyond. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Reformed Podmatics. I'm Pastor Zach. And I'm Pastor Mark. And today we're going to be diving into a conversation that uh, gets brought up from time to time, especially in the life of a church. If you're if you're a church attender for any amount of time, you have probably thought about the subject of church membership. Uh, what does it mean to be a church member? What are some of the obligations and duties? What are some of the blessings of being a church member? And is it even a biblical concept to begin with? These mm-hmm. are things that people often wrestle with and think through. Um, and, you know, even personally, I've, I've had friends who have struggled with the concept of being a church member, mm-hmm. given that there's not an explicit reference in Scripture. And we'll get into that a little bit today. And it's a particularly relevant subject also in the season of COVID, as COVID seems to be, Lord willing, uh, things are sort of going back to normal here a little bit Mm -hmm. in the world. Um, People are beginning to have to consider their church membership and Mm -hmm. uh, what it means to be uh, an attender of a church. Can we just go online? Uh, Do we really have to go in person? Uh, Do I really need to be a member of a physical embodied church or uh, can I just, you know, have my group of friends on my Discord server that I talk with from time to time, and that's my church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this this sort of stuff is particularly relevant in our day and age uh, for that reason, but but also for the, the reason that many Americans, American Christians, uh, really since at least, you know, the 1800s, uh, the mm-hmm. Second Great Awakening, you could sort of pinpoint the time where Christianity becomes really individualized. It becomes packaged in a certain way where it may seem that only you and Jesus and your Bible are what's necessary for you to be a good, faithful Christian. Um, And so we live in a world where that is increasingly the case where uh, spirituality, to use the more modern term, is highly privatized and individualized. Mm -hmm. And so it sort of goes against our nature in the modern West and the modern American world to, uh, to think about church membership, even to use the words obligation or duty will seem out of place to most people. Yeah. So yeah. What are your thoughts on this, Mark? Well, I mean, you, you combine the individualization of Christianity with the anti-institutional, um, trend, I would say definitely among young people, uh, and that's a pretty toxic combination in terms of encouraging church membership. Hmm. So uh, by anti-institutional, I mean there are many people who are very suspicious, sometimes for good reason, other times for illegitimate reasons, um, of any institution, anything big, um, hmm. any uh, organization. Um, yeah. This doesn't just mean that one is against big government. It could mean that somebody doesn't really want to be accountable to um, a community of Christians, even if they love Jesus and uh, they they believe the Bible, there are still there's still this uh, 
this urge to be doing it on your own. Um, mm. I listened to a podcast before we recorded this, and um, the podcast uh, host basically said, Christianity is a team sport. It's not an individual sport. Mm. It's not golf or tennis. It's um, basketball or soccer. It's like it's, it's a sport you can't do on your own. Yeah. And um, and so I, I like that little analogy, um, even though that then requires institutional membership. Hmm. Um, and and that's really actually a, a beautiful thing, as we'll discover throughout this conversation, I think. So um, we, we recognize that we are saying these things in an individualistic, consumeristic, anti-institutional culture. Hmm. So we have an uphill battle in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, there are people who grew up in church and so might trust it, but for the for the incoming believer, new new convert, um, you know, can it just be like yoga where I go and mm. and I do my yoga thing and I don't know, like maybe I'm a member because I pay this yoga studio, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not really like accountable to to them. Yeah. Um, that would almost be how many modern people would approach Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's different ways people you know, disagree with the idea of church membership mm-hmm. or different ways that they sort of avoid it. Uh, some people avoid it, yeah, for the anti-institutional. You could sort of categorize those, maybe maybe this is wrong, but you could categorize those as being sort of left reasons, leftist reasons. Mm. Um, and then on the other side, I, I know people uh, who have rejected church membership for, to them, what were biblical, really conservative mm. Christian reasons. Um, and so it's there's a there's different there's different reasons people yeah. do this and yeah. so it's, that's that's good to acknowledge from the beginning um, and so what we want to do today is also really think about who our our audience is and who mm-hmm. our listeners are um, it's pr- probably we don't know everybody who listens to this but we're, we guess that it's probably uh, a committed Christian person who is just wanting to grow more in their faith mm-hmm. um, and is wanting to go uh, from sort of Christianity 101 to Christianity 201, who sort of knows the basics but wants to dig a little bit deeper and think a little bit more reflectively about their faith. And so we realize that a good many of our listenership is probably are probably members at mm. churches yeah. already. Um, or at least open to the idea. Yeah. Generally. So, uh, what we, we want to, we do want to sort of think through what uh, objections people might have as well. And so, let's start with that first question, Mark. Mm. Uh, just sort of assuming a listener here is against the idea of becoming um, a church member, where they have sort of an accountability. Uh, mm-hmm. structure with the church and they are accountable to the leaders of the church and to everybody else at the church what would be some biblical reasons so we can sort of grant from the beginning the bible doesn't say anything explicitly mm-hmm. about becoming a church member or signing any sort of membership form or or <laughs> taking any explicit vows before the rest of the church body sure. so what might be some biblical reasons uh, that we would argue that church membership is in fact, biblical. Well, many times in the book of Acts and in the New, Te- New Testament and in the Old Testament really as well, the people of God are assembled and organized into mm. different offices, uh, different responsibilities, um, especially you see in the New Testament where there are 
uh, definitions given or, or qualifications given for elders and deacons and pastors, and um, that assumes uh, an organization is uh, is ex- exists where these servants will use their spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. And so, um, given that assumption of an organization that is the church, um, it seems only logical that membership in that organization would be something that's encouraged and uh, mm-hmm. maybe one of the most um, overt or uh, precise um, examples of that is in, in the book of Hebrews um, we find that leaders in the church will be called to give an account for those under their authority hmm. um, and so they're called to be like watchmen so they're accountable to so, those people under their authority exactly and so, like a shepherd is accountable for some sheep yeah and, yeah, right. and so um, that assumes something of the leaders but it also assumes something of the organizational church that there would be yeah. some kind of formal relationship um, now how formal is going to be different probably based on your denomination um, in the Christian Reformed Church, we believe it is a fairly formal mm-hmm. um, process of becoming a church member, professing your faith, or being baptized into um, into the church, and then therefore uh, the leaders of the church are going to encourage you and uh, call you to uh, to grow in faith and so forth, and, and you sort of go down the line of what their responsibilities are. But also, then there are responsibilities for the member in that relationship mm-hmm. as well. So that's very strongly implied by even something as simple as uh, Galatians 5 where Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit. So the the fruit of the Spirit are going to be embodied in the life of the church by every member of the church. Mm -hmm. And then also puts members of the church in another way as accountable accountable to the leadership of their church. So the leadership is sort of responsible for, for people in the church and then the people in the church are accountable mm. both to their leaders and to other members of the church. And so one example that I think of um, biblically is from Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses 2 and following, where Paul, in writing a letter to the church in Philippi, uh, calls out by name two members of the church. Mm. He mm-hmm. says, I entreat Euodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Mm. And so you see here, Paul, um, the way that he re- refers to Yuri and Sintiki, it's quite clear that they are uh, accountable to the church mm. uh, leadership. Mm-hmm. Um and to the true companion to whom he is writing. Mm. And so the true companion, it is his duty and responsibility to help Euodia and Syntyche find agreement. We don't know what that disagreement was about, uh, but mm. you see that there is a sort of, uh, there's a relationship here that is in place because they are members of this church. Um, but it is true that there's not any biblical text that refers specifically to becoming a church member. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think here, though, given passages such as the ones we've mentioned, it seems to me that the concept of membership is an implied concept in Scripture. Uh, yeah, and Paul also tells the Corinthian church to do things in an orderly way. Yeah. And so part of that orderliness, the, the specific reference there is for orderliness in worship, mm-hmm. but in the Christian Reformed Church, we have kind of extrapolated that to include 
orderliness in the life of the church. So yeah. it's good that there are ministries. Um, you read the opening words of Titus, and it's in an orderly ministry. We'll have women's ministry and men's ministry, and mm-hmm. the the women will be encouraged to teach the young women in a mm-hmm. systematic kind of way. And um, Christian Reformed people have have even sort of pulled that call for orderliness into our church order. Mm-hmm. And so it's a good thing that <laughs> there are guidelines, yeah. um, not just for an individual church, but for all churches in our Christian Reformed denomination. Um, mm-hmm. And we really value those guidelines when something dramatic or sad um, or controversial happens. We know, well, we've got the church order, we have some uh, we have membership in both our individual church and in our denomination, so we know how to mm-hmm. process through um, reconciliation or some sort of dispute, like yeah. the one between Yodia and Sitiki. Yeah, there's that wisdom from previous generations that we are given yeah. in things like the church order. Uh, if you were to try to start your own church, and then you were to try to start, oh. so you maybe start planting churches, and then you start your own little denomination and then problems arise, yep. you would begin to take note of how things went well, what things could have been better, and you will work out ways that will be sort of best practices yeah. uh, amongst your churches. Um, but yeah, to the person who really pushes back against church membership, my question would be why? Mm. Uh, maybe you have your reservations biblically or just sort of philosophically, you think institutions are a bad thing to align yourself with, but what does that what do, what do your reservations what's the motivations behind those those reservations um mm-hmm. are, do you, are you fearful of that sort of um fellowship and accountability um maybe maybe your fears are warranted in some cases has the church always been proven perfect no the leaders in the church are 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 imperfect people as well that's mm-hmm. true uh, but God calls us to live in this sort of um, imperfect situation, <laughs> this mm-hmm. imperfect relationship, um, and to make the most of it. Because not only do we have certain gifts that that, that the church needs, but the church has gifts that we need as well. Yeah. And so it's for the mutual flourishing of, of everyone for people to become members. Now, church membership will look a lot different in different mm. denominations. Some some denominations have a more formal commitment that you make others less formal um, some denominations don't even have church membership right. like non-denominational yeah, churches non-denominational often, yeah. churches wouldn't do it probably mm-hmm. anabaptistic churches uh, would be more reluctant to do it church of christ um, or yeah i don't know if they do or not but there's even a, a lower well a different view of an anointing or ordination in some mm-hmm. of those churches it's like no don't call me a pastor yeah because like and so often in mm-hmm. those contexts you have no, we're not members. We're just members of Christ, and no yeah. creed but Christ, no law but love. We talked about that. So, sort of like a pure ago. egalitarianism. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, in the technical sense of that word, not just in the sense that women aren't getting ordained. It's a little bit like the the argument about marriage, where somebody would say, "I don't need a piece of paper to show that I'm married and mm. that we love each other." Um, it's a really similar argument to that where people would say, I don't need to be a church member in order to really be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so they would push back against it. Yeah. Yeah. I think p- part of the call to church membership too, is the promises that you make as a church member. Um, mm. You shouldn't be fearful of making promises to other Christians that you're going to stand by them, that you're going to 
pray for them and with them, that you're going to seek their growth as mm-hmm. they seek yours, and you're going to commit even to their children. Uh, those are the, those are the sort of promises that church membership contains. And some people, um, in avoiding church, in avoiding membership like that, fail to make those kinds of promises, and therefore I think. Um, I don't know. They they rob themselves mm. of the riches yeah. <clears throat> that can come by making those full on promises, the same way you make a promise in in a marriage. Um, now, that's not to say that church membership is is as permanent as marriage yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you will move, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> uh, things will happen in your life. The church may make may close its doors. Who knows? Um, but. You sort of put your commitment on paper, Mm. Um, not because the paper is magical, that that would be superstitious, but because you make it open and clear and public that you are committing uh, yourself spiritually to a certain group of people and leadership. Um, And that is a wise and good thing to do, I think, Um, that you're fully accountable. I I have uh, a lot of these conversations with... um, older people um, in, in our church, in my family, who really want to encourage their grandkids who are now adults to be to at least go to church, hopefully even become members of a church. And uh, my advice is often uh, to focus a little bit less on the obligation side of things, the duty side. You know, um, we go to church in this family. You know, that sort mm-hmm. of uh, shame culture mm-hmm. sort of argument that it is. And focus more on uh, the blessing of being near the Lord, knowing Christ, hearing his word, receiving sacraments, um, just um, just how awesome those things are. In our Christian Reformed context, we are not very good at talking in that kind of way. Um, we're, of course, sort of a hypercritical uh yeah. culture i would say and so um that is an unbiblical uh, attitude to have about church and it often mm-hmm. prevents our encouragement of people to go to church so mm-hmm. um I, we talk a lot at emmon cool. valley about having a high view of god and i would suggest also that we need a high view of the church um mm-hmm. the reformed person will have a high view of the church because we have such a high view of christ we also value yeah. his bride. Um, we read texts like um, Revelation 21 and 22, where the, the church has this amazing description. The people of God are, mm. are, are just spectacular. And of course, we're not that way naturally. We need to be made that way by Christ, um, clothed in his righteousness. And mm-hmm. so that is happening in the church. And where people have more of an institutional understanding of the church, like it's a group of people, I would say then the focus will be more on obligations and duty. Hmm. Um, But where they have a more biblical, especially a more reformed understanding of the church, it's like, why would you ever not go to that? Like um, Hmm. it is a place where there is spiritual power, where there is reconciliation, which is amazing. And there is the word of God goes forth um, there is communion with God through Christ. Uh, there is a washing of of sins in that place, and and so to have a high view of the church will sort of automatically answer the question. Yeah, I would want to be there, and I would want to be a part of that officially as well. Yeah, and having a high view of the church doesn't mean that you don't recognize 
the faults of the yeah, church. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we should be eyes wide open to those sorts of things. Uh, we read in Ephesians 5 that Christ is washing his bride with the water of the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, that implies that there's going to be a certain dirtiness to his bride that he is mm-hmm. going to, in the end, eschatologically clean away. She will be washed and pure and white and clean. Um, I would even say the person with the higher view of the church will be more able mm. to speak the truth about the church because we know what it could be. Yeah. Right? So we know yeah, what, what this should be. What this community should look like. Yeah. And and what it's called to look like and what it will look like. Um, you know, my one of my very favorite lyrics of, of any hymn is the final line of the church is one foundation, then the church mm. Um, victorious will be the church at rest is how that song concludes mm. and um, you know it often makes me very emotional because I realize that's not today the, yeah. the church is uh, uh, we've got we've got issues in our institutional church um, in, in this organization uh, it's a very healthy congregation but at the same time there's always things happening and yeah. we desire rest and so knowing what we're moving towards um, Present the presence of God, having a, a high view of God, a high view of heaven, and of sanctification. Wow! Then we better do this hard work of being honest with each other in the church that we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. So it, it's an interesting kind of thing that one might think. No, you have such a high view of church that you could never admit anything is ever wrong with a yeah. individual church. No, it's it's very much the opposite. It's because of that high view we're gonna. We're going to yeah. be, re- be reconciled. We're going to rebuke one another. We're going to help each yeah. other. So having that high view means we, yeah, we can be honest yeah. about where the church is at. Um, some people today just want to talk about how great the church is, but they, and they don't, they sort of want to turn a blind eye to some of the problems mm-hmm. in the church. Some people are the reverse where they only want to look at the problems of the church yeah. and really focus <laughs> in on how the church is so horrible today. Rise and fall of Marcel. Uh, yeah. And that can make people <laughs> feel like I'm done with this whole thing. I'm done yeah. with the church. Yeah. Um, that's part of the, the interesting thing about being a church member is that you, if you are a church member and you are faithful and committed to your church, you will see some really ugly things mm-hmm. over time. It may take a while. Maybe it mm-hmm. won't take a while at all. Um, but you will see some things that will really put a bad taste in your mouth. And you will see amazing, glorious things happening right before your eyes um, in people's lives mm. being changed by God's grace. Uh, and that's something that I think as pastors we see quite a bit. We yeah. have sort of a front row seat. On both sides. And that's... Yep. Uh, often a very encouraging thing. Sometimes it's, it's discouraging. Um, but we know the outcome. We know where this is headed. We know what will happen uh, in the church. Yeah. Uh, and so there's great hope and anticipation for that. And so the Christian will, I think, look at the church with a deep love. Mm-hmm. And out of that deep love, you can make good criticisms uh, but there will also be that deep love. And, and this is also kind of connected to the idea that the church is going to be full of people uh, that are different from you. Mm. And this may be an amazing mm-hmm. blessing for some people. And this may be really difficult for other people. Um, but that's part of the fun or of the adventure of being a church member. Yeah. Um, is learning to love all sorts of people. People who 
think differently, people who look differently, people who dress differently, talk differently. Who want to worship differently. Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) And so that can create a lot of disagreement like we see with Yodian and Sintiki. But hopefully what this does is it has the effect of iron sharpening iron, uh, to use that classic proverb. Um, When iron sharpens iron, there's going to be sparks that fly. Um, mm. and there's going to be maybe that's a good one. That's that a book start. title. <laughs> <laughs> Sparks that fly when iron uh, sharpens iron. <laughs> that's good. It's going to happen. There's going to be <laughs> friction and it's going to be tense, Yeah, but that's for the best of all involved. And so we, we help each other in that way through community, um, to, to improve, to become more and more Christ-like and to grow in grace and godliness and holiness and that will not be easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it hurts to get your idols wrecked. Yeah. And uh, the church is iconoclastic in that <laughs> in that sense. Yes, uh, the, the spirit is iconoclastic in the sense of uh, uh, breaking down every idol, casting out every foe, as the another hymn hmm. um, reminds us. Uh, and. Uh, I maybe maybe shifting a little bit. I I would want to talk also about the difference between organizational church membership and spiritual church membership. I think that's really important hmm. um, because I think that there are there are some people who are really excited about their local congregation, um, often because of some fairly worldly criteria. Um, we've got an exciting youth group. Uh, we've got uh, this. The good um, music. Yeah, the music, that's just awesome. Uh, the pastor's bringing everyone in, that sort of thing. But have very little interest or attention on their spiritual membership with the body of Christ that is far larger than who, the one that meets in hmm. their sanctuary. And so um, I would always want to encourage people who become a part of our church. You are a member of the Holy Catholic Church now. You are... Uh, when you are born again, hmm. these are your brothers and sisters that you see here. But um, when you run into somebody from Indonesia or China or Africa or Europe who is following yeah. Christ and born again, that's your brother or sister. And so that's an exciting thing. I, that's something that I think particularly young hmm. people today will really respond to because they're hungry for fellowship and community. Yeah. Um and and they also value diversity often. Younger people mm-hmm. value it in a little bit more of a way, generally speaking. And so to say, wow, I now am a member of Christ. Um, I'm a member of his body. Hmm. Uh, that's an exciting thing. So it's not like a sales pitch, but it is a blessing that one who is truly a member of the body of Christ in a local church is member of something far more far larger than that as well hmm. um, but along with that I would want to say being a member of a church officially does not automatically mean one is born again um, I, I just preached Great point uh, preached this um, Sunday actually both of my sermons had that point in in it where in Exodus 14 where the Israelites are crossing the Red Sea um, obviously there are some people who don't even want to do it while it's happening. They're like, yeah. we don't like this. We we would rather be slaves. Let's go back. Um, yeah. Um, didn't we tell you to leave us alone, Moses? And so they get on the other side, and, and things go well for 
seemingly a few days because then they start complaining right away when they can't find fresh water. Um, and so first Corinthians 10 specifically says there were many who crossed the red sea who are not, uh, who, who were not in Christ. Um, they received the spiritual blessings in many different ways of God. Um, they drank from the rock, they crossed yeah. through the sea, uh, they received these these amazing blessings by the mercy of God, but yet, um, essentially, their lives were warnings to um, their their fellow people and even to mm-hmm. us today. And so that can be the very same thing in the church, where um, there are many who are organizationally have gone through the class and um, have mm-hmm. have said yeah. the right things, um, but uh, are, do not display the fruit of the spirit. Do not live with faith. Um, and, and so I guess the call for every person would be, even if you've been a part of a church for a long time, to make sure that is a, that is an authentic part of your life to, to follow Christ and to be yeah. a part of the church. Yeah. Being an institutional mm-hmm. member and being a spiritual member are both good. Yeah. And even I would say necessary sure. for the, the life of a Christian, um, of course, you need to be spiritually a member of Christ. Um, you need to be believing on him and on his life and death and resurrection for you. And you need to uh, trust yourself wholly and completely to him and to no, no one else, not not even yourself, um, mm. and, and in, order, in order to be reborn. But you also need to uh, then join, if you're a part of, if you're a member of Christ, you're a member of Christ's body and that means you are joined to other people and so that means you will attach yourself to his church where it can be found uh, where you will be growing and Mm so it's not good to pit these two against one another as if uh, you you can do one and or both Um, they're really both not optional Um, of course you could make the argument that what you really need is spiritual membership yeah um and that physical institutional membership in the church isn't as necessary. Um, and maybe you could think of, you know, the thief on the cross. He, yeah, he wasn't a part of the church. He just, he was a spiritual member of Christ's body and he didn't have any Christian fellowship. Didn't really need it. So I guess I don't either. That could be <laughs> the thinking, um, but that would be an extreme scenario. The, the ordinary life of a Christian means that you're going to be, having to practice fellowship with other Christians. The, the Bible in the New Testament in particular is replete with uh, language of one another, hmm. uh, loving one another, praying for one another, forgiving one another. Encouraging. Uh, yeah. Encouraging one another. Mm-hmm. All these sorts of things imply that you will need a one another. You will need other people <laughs> around you. Um, and so that's sort of the expectation of Scripture is that you will have other Christians, your brothers and sisters in Christ, who you will be living your life with, who will be a part of not just your your community that you see on Sunday mornings uh, or on Sunday evenings, uh, but that will be a part of your life all throughout the week um, in different ways. The people that, to use the, the modern cool term, you're, that you're doing life with, <laughs> um, you're committing to them and uh, you'll, you'll go through life with these people. Um, and I think that this, this again goes back to that blessing thing because in our world we are such an isolated people. Um, we are so alone in so many ways. Um, I'm an introvert, so part of me likes this shift in mm-hmm. world culture. 
Uh, Mark and I have talked about this before in the past in sermons and, and so on. I don't think we've mentioned it on the podcast, but it's interesting to note the architectural shift hmm. of front porches now to back patios, uh, front or porches. Or man caves. Or yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that, that as well. That, that's the interior. And the whole idea of a man cave or a, a man goes and it's sort of his cave away from everything else. Yeah. Um, we sort of, we see our homes as our little safe havens from the world. Um, and so we, we don't have such a, a, much of an outward focus into our community uh, as we once did, especially in commuter towns, yeah. uh, which Ripon is sort of becoming. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, in this environment, the church is a great blessing, offering what we could call uh, relational capital at the mm. very least. It's sure. more than that. For sure. <laughs> um, but That's why a lot of people come, particularly older people yeah. coming to our church. Um, yeah are alone a lot and yep. and they they see this church and at first it probably is more of that social pull mm-hmm. but of, of course the gospel uh, the spirit uses the gospel to work on some hearts and they stay and they're baptized yeah. and born again and that has happened amazingly for some mm-hmm. some older people in our own uh, church but then for others they yeah. just like the the parable of the seed and the sower um, it, it seems to be going pretty well for a, a month, four months, eight months. Um, but then over time, it just, yeah. uh, the spirit did not really draw that person to, um, to, to the father through Christ. And so, yeah. um, that isn't so much our job to evaluate that as pastors. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, again, just thinking about who our target audience is here, it's likely mm. you are a Christian and you know, such people who drift, who have fallen away, wandered away. Um, hmm. I, I just can't stress enough the value of talking positively about the church, having a high view of not just Christ, but of the church in our conversations. Um, I can, hmm. I, I totally admit that I, at times I fail in this regard. I could be negative about some things that are happening, even though there is so much blessing in our little church here in Ripon, um, there are, there are awesome things happening. And here's the interesting thing, and this is, will be my last thought: the more one engages with the church, the more you see those blessings. Yeah, um, that's true. That, that doesn't sound like sola gratia to some people. It's like, oh, it's just by grace we're saved, and so it doesn't really matter what we do, mm-hmm. almost. But I would suggest that the more somebody is living in the life of the church, the more blessing there will be in this life for sure Hmm. um, for that person. And and I mean a spiritual blessing of confidence in the word, uh, friendships that are rooted in Christ and and could have the possibility of real reconciliation if something goes wrong in that friendship, Hmm. Um, long-term relationships, intergenerational blessing where um, young people uh, are encouraged by the older person who heard her sing the national anthem recently at a football. It's like all of that happens in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, And to withdraw is to say, nope, I'm going to be good with my uh, online church or or wherever, um, maybe doing nothing. Oh man, that's a Um, whole other episode. Yeah, that's, that is uh, (laughs) campuses and and all that. But uh, even speaking as a pastor, I would say, 
the people who are are most directly blessing me and who I am most directly blessing are those people who are in church. Mm-hmm. Just to be bluntly honest about it. Yeah. Um, now that doesn't forgive me automatically from not checking in with the wandering sheep. That's a big part of my job as well. Yeah. But just to be realistic, um, I just have a closer relationship with people that I see a lot more and who I serve alongside and mm-hmm. who are elders and deacons and yeah. um, and my wife is same thing for the ministries that she's involved in. And and those are the, the close, beautiful, blessed relationships that God is uh, cultivating. So that's yeah. part of it too is you can't just say you get out of it what you put in. That's putting it a little bit too pragmatically. Hmm. But we can be honest that there's major blessing, amazing blessing for people who jump in. Yeah. Yeah. There's everybody in the church. Every Christian has spiritual gifts. Yeah. Um, And that means we will be blessed by other Christians. Um, Yes. We'll be hurt. We'll be Mm. frustrated at times, uh, but we will be blessed. There is a blessing there to receive. And that also means you have a gift as well. And so that's, that's another reason I encourage young people to become members of churches is because Oh, yeah. The church needs your gifts just as much as you need the church's gifts. Um, I, I can't tell you how many amazing lessons I've learned um, explicitly from people's lips or just through people's lives um, over the years of being a church member. It's very, it would be very easy for me to want to find a church uh, that was just like me. You know, mm-hmm. Everybody thought just like I did. They saw things eye to eye. They had the same sort of personality. Uh, sense of humor that I had, um, mm. even the same style as me, you know, that would be cool. Um, <laughs> but then I realize, man, I really love that Ammon Valley is not like that. Mm. I really love that there's a, not a whole lot of Zach Dewey's at Ammon Valley. Um, there's people who have different ways of seeing the world, uh, different personalities, uh, different uh, mental capabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe their minds just work in different ways than mine do. And there's different ages and all of that is good for me because I'm learning some glorious things from everyone around me. Mm. Um, and that couldn't happen if I was not a part of a local church yeah. uh, and a part of the body of Christ. That's a great, great closing word. And so, uh, join a church people. Uh, so uh, it's your duty it's your obligation most people who are listening are well maybe many are are already members of our church or of churches in Ripon and we're thankful that uh, people of some of the other churches around here are are faithful listeners and so thank you for some of the feedback that we've gotten recently from uh, from people about particularly our COVID uh, vaccine um, yeah episode and along with that uh, I was encouraged by somebody a friend of mine that maybe we should have a mailbag episode at some point mm. and in order for that to happen we would need a few questions so <laughs> um, so drop a question to us um, you can do that through email I'm pastor mark at almondvalley.org or hmm. uh, are you z dewey at almondvalley.org yep yeah so um you could send us an email if you have a question or a topic that you'd like us to cover or via and, facebook yeah facebook's good you too can use our comment. reformed podomatics page or yep. even our personal pages if you can find us yeah and so that would be fun to do a mailbag episode yeah, uh, and connect with people um a little bit more directly yeah. but um until then i suppose uh god bless you yeah. and have a great rest of your week all right grace and peace you guys